It's time for the Fantasy Points Podcast, brought to you by FantasyPoints.com. Top-level fantasy football and NFL betting analysis from every perspective and angle, from numbers to the film room, with a single goal to help you score more fantasy points. We are back with another episode of On the Clock. I'm your host, Brett Whitefield, and today we are joined by Danny Kelly of The Ringer, friend of the show and now guest of the show. Danny, how's it going, man? Uh, I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm excellent, man. Uh, this nice. is the day, the quiet before the storm for us because I'm <laughs> first, first edition of the draft guide, the prospect guide that I've been writing comes out tomorrow. Oh, excellent. So, yeah, this nice. is like mission critical stage i'm very how many uh, guys how many guys deep are you at this point so i've watched 178 wow i've, I've scored 160 and i've written up about 100 you're so ahead 100 of me go yeah i want to get to 200 so <laughs> nice you're well ahead of me I'm, I'm still working on like the top 70 right now i mean i've watched more than that but in terms of writing guys up i'm, I'm still slowly making my way through it yeah, I just turned the corner where the writing is going a lot faster now because I'm through so many guys watching. Yeah. So the first release tomorrow is only offensive players. Oh, gotcha. Nice. So, yeah, but then we'll we'll release defense a week from that, and then we'll be adding guys every week. So, yes, fantasy points, people. Actually, it's free. I just realized this. We are making it free this year. So, yeah, whether you're a subscriber or not, please check that out when it comes out tomorrow. But Danny, let's plug your stuff. You're from The Ringer. How can yeah. they find you on Twitter? What kind of content you got coming out? Yeah, you can find me at Danny B. Kelly on Twitter. And then my Ringer NFL Draft Guide is nfldraft.theringer.com. And I do a top 100 uh, in mock drafts, big board, you know, full scouting reports on every every player that I do. So, yeah, it's uh, slowly slowly building it as we go through the draft season right now. I'm working on Like I said, I'm, I'm doing an update to get to 70 here in a week or so. Yeah. I, I've read through your, your guide so far, by the way, which thank I, you. I try not to do a lot of when you're writing your own guide because <laughs> you don't want yeah. influence, you know, totally. But, uh, I, I couldn't stop reading it cause I love how lighthearted you do player comparisons. <laughs> yeah. It's cool. Like everyone else is so serious about them. And then you're just like, Jalen Hyde is DK Metcalf if he never found a weight room. I just like <laughs> the day when I read that, man. I was like, this is amazing. Yeah, that's so. what I try to do. Try to, you know, not be too not take myself too seriously. Um, I know, but yeah, the the player comps is where I can really have the most fun. Just try and like make the most off the wall things or like really literally just like the first thing I think of when I see a guy, like Michael Mayer, I put with uh the Urukai from from Helm's Deep and Lord of the Rings, where he's just like running with like the you know thing to light the the, the wall on fire, or whatever, blow up the wall. Yeah. So I don't know. I just he's just running around like a crazy guy. That's awesome. All right. Well, we're gonna get into the usual format of the show here, but first, a word from our sponsor, Underdog Fantasy Football. The 2022 NFL season is over, but the fantasy football season never stops at Underdog the easiest place to play fantasy football. Right now, you can draft an underdog's The Big Board Tournament with $1 million in total prizes and 200000 given to first place. If you think you know which incoming rookies will burst onto the scene in 2023, now is your chance to draft them at a value. All you have to do is join The Big Board, draft your fantasy team, and that's it. In best ball, there are no waivers, there are no trades, and you get the best scores every week of the season. 
Whoever has the highest score at the end wins it all. Just head to underdogfantasy.com, the App Store, or the Google Play Store. Sign up with the promo code FANTASYPTS, and you'll get your first deposit doubled up to $100. There's a bonus as well. If you sign up using FANTASYPTS at Underdog, you get a Fantasy Point standard subscription for just 5 bucks. That's Underdog Fantasy promo code FANTASYPTS. And remember, new Underdog users who sign up with our code get a Fantasy Point sub for just 5 bucks. All right. We got that out of the way. Let's jump right into it. So, Danny, I asked you to prepare a guy you're higher on than most, a guy you're lower on than most, and then a team player fit that you want to pound the table for. Let's yeah. get it started with Wake Forest wide receiver A.T. Perry, who is also one of my guys, so I love to see you're higher <laughs> than most. Yeah. So let's, tell me what you got on A.T. Extremely validating when I told you that, that I liked him, and then you're, you're telling me that you're probably higher on him than I am, so that's great to hear. Um I think just right off the bat that, you know, there is a little bit worried just because he's uh, an older prospect and he broke out kind of late in his career. But at the end of the day, I just really like his game. I mean, he's getting off the line. First of all, he's got a little bit of twitch to him. He's got a little bit of um, like for his height and for his size, he's, he's very quick. He's very sudden to get off the line of scrimmage. And then, of course, he has sort of a long striding build up speed to get downfield. He had a, bit, a lot of big plays in college. He scored a ton of touchdowns. Um and then, you know, obviously you could debate whether that's a skill or not, but I think it's obviously a good thing that he was had a nose for the end zone, was able to score those touchdowns, finish plays. Um, yeah, he just reminded me, I, I was having a hard time coming up with a comp for him because he's kind of tall and skinny. Like his body type isn't super common in the NFL. I thought maybe like a DJ Chark type of player. That um, was my call for him. Oh, is that right? Yeah. We can I, that's hilarious. Um, because I think he's got, you know, the – He's probably not quite purely as fast as Chark, but he's got the suddenness, the short area burst, the the maneuverability. Um, statistically, he didn't have a ton of yards after the catch, but I thought he was good at making the first guy miss and getting a little bit extra when he when he um, makes a catch on like the sideline or whatever, like reverse pivoting away, kind of like what Quentin Johnston does is um, just making the first guy miss, get a few extra yards, has a good awareness for the sideline. Um Basically everything I, I was just watching him and I was wondering why he didn't have more hype. So that was why he came to mind for this, for this one. Yeah. I, I don't understand that either. He is a firm second round grade for me. I think he's number eight on my receiver board. And he's a guy like, if you need an X receiver and there's not very many of them in this draft right. or free agency, like, yeah, go, go get this dude. Um, you, you mentioned the the yards after catch stuff. I I put that in my note as a weakness as well. There's not he doesn't really have a yak element, but to give him a little bit of the benefit of the doubt there, when you run such a vertical route tree, yeah, it's just it is really the nature of what he's being asked to do. There's not a lot of opportunity for run after catch because most of right. his work is being done on the boundary, like forty yards downfield. So yeah, yeah. no, I, I agree. Um, I it's one of those things where it's always funny because. You're trying to, uh, you know, predict what a guy is going to be able to do at the next level. He didn't necessarily, like you said, have a ton of opportunities to pick up Yak. Um, mm. But there was a couple of plays. And, and of course, I'm not comparing him to Justin Jefferson. But there was a couple of plays where he was doing he, – he does like this like almost like Euro step bounding uh, move where he creates separation. It looks like he's almost playing basketball. And I remember thinking the same thing when I was scouting Justin Jefferson a few years ago. It's like he has sort of like a – I don't know. It's a Euro step, I guess that he uses in the open field. And there was one play in particular. I can't remember who it was against, but um, he ran a slant 
and then made a couple guys miss just with that that Eurostep type play, and, and it really reminded me of Justin Jefferson. So I don't think he's necessarily on the, on the level of Justin Jefferson, but um, you know I was really impressed with his tape. I think he's got really good body control, the way he tracks the ball down the mm-hmm. field, the way he adjusts to passes at the catch point. Um, I just thought you know he's really impressive, and then he ran well and he jumped well at the combine, so that's always good. Like the explosiveness is there, so Especially for his size too. Right. Like he's a tall, skinny guy, but he has some explosiveness. He has a little bit of twitch to him. Um, and yeah, I just think, you know, he had a bunch of first downs. He, he comes back to the quarterback. He finds a soft spot. Uh, you know, there's just a lot to like here. Yeah, for sure. The I don't hate the Justin Jefferson talk. I mean, obviously, I don't do ceiling floor comps for guys. I do stylistic. Right. right. So I do. There are some similar elements to his game. I, obviously, he doesn't have that level of pedigree, but I do. I do see what you're talking about. I know the the move you're actually referring to as well. And it is worth noting Perry was a, a four year letterman in basketball in high school. So I mean, he, oh, there you go. I love that. And that's when you say scoring touchdowns might not be a skill. Well, I think when you get down the red zone for him, it is. He definitely pl- he plays the ball in the air like a basketball player. Yeah. So. It makes uh, perfect sense. Yeah, I, I think, you know, Perry brings like really nuanced route running for a long-legged guy. Mm-hmm. It's kind of crazy how easy he can sink his hips. He's got ankle flexibility to explode out of his brakes. And I, all of that seems very impressive to me for, for a guy with his length. But Yeah, absolutely. Where are you um, comfortable with him at in the draft? I mean, honestly, like I, I'm, I'm with you. Second, third round, I'm guessing he'll probably go in that range. Um you know, I don't know exactly how the NFL feels about him. I'm sure it'll be different for team to team. But at the end of the day, like you said before, he's one of a few guys with size in this class of receiver. And I think he can play the X position. Um, and so, you know, that might push him up boards a little bit. There's just a handful of guys that have size in this class, like Cedric Tillman, A.T. Perry. Um, there's just a lot of smalls, I think, at the receiver position this year. And so that could push him up a little bit. But, yeah, I'd be comfortable with him in the second round. And if he gets if he goes to the third round, to any team i think that's a that's a potential steal for them yeah I, I agree with you fully there i know we're doing a team player fit later but is there any specific landing spot you like for perry oh that's a good question i haven't even thought about that um nothing comes to the top of my mind do you have any thoughts you know i i like the giants fit like they seem to be addicted to these small shifty slot receiver types but <laughs> yeah i could use the seeing the success isaiah hodgins had last year and he's not a very gifted player i, I think at perry would do very well on that team and they, they oh, i like that one okay so i mean um, the panthers <clears throat> the panthers need pass catchers at this point yeah. um the bears i could i think could still yeah. upgrade their position still add to that position um just looking down the list here honestly the, the cardinals lose dj chark what about uh, just plugging him into that spot to the lions you said yeah, to the Lions if they, if they end up losing DJ Chark and Friedman. Yeah, absolutely. He kind of be like a possession guy on the outside. I think that he would complement what they have in Jamison Williams, Almond Ross St. Brown, um, for sure. Uh, the Cardinals, I think, need size. You know, they're going, they're coming into this year, assuming they trade Hopkins. Um, yeah. You know, they're another team. I think it could make a ton of sense for him. So, um, you know, he could fit in a lot of different places. I think he's just the type of guy who could be both a possession receiver, a guy in the red zone that that thrives. Um, and has a little bit of field stretching ability to him. Full agree. All right, let's pivot to the guy you're lower on than most. Um, just for the listener's sake, too. When we talk about guys we're lower on, doesn't mean we hate that prospect. It doesn't mean exactly. you know we want to we want to poo poo on them at all or whatever. But sometimes the hype does get a little carried away for certain guys. So you brought 
Houston's wide receiver Tank Dell to the table. And yeah, so I, and and I think that's a perfect segue for that because I totally agree. It's not like I actually hate this guy. I mean, he, to start out with, obviously, extremely, extremely productive, extremely fast, very sudden. I think he had one of the top 10-yard splits in the combine, so you know he's got that acceleration, that burst. Um, but really, there's a couple of things that make me worried, I guess, or, or just concerned about his his future in the NFL. Not necessarily that I think he won't be a pro, but like just production-wise, role-wise, the size to me is a big concern. Obviously, he's 5'8", 165, 8 and 5 inch hands, um, and 30.5 inch arms. So he's short with a with a small catch radius and a very slight frame. And the other thing that kind of like concerns me. So basically, there's a lot of small guys in this class. I think you could probably pick nits with a lot of these guys. Like Jordan Addison is small. Uh, Zay Flowers is pretty small. Um, you know, there's a handful of other players. Uh, uh, Josh Downs, he's pretty small. He's actually around the same size as tank Dell. Um, but there's a couple other things that concern me with Dell that he, he, he is the smallest of the group objectively. And he's mm-hmm. the oldest. I think he's going to be a 24 year old rookie. Um, he kind of took like a circuitous route in college, uh, started out, I think at independence community college, or sorry, started at Alabama A&M and then transferred to community college and then transferred to Houston. So he's had a little bit of longer runway. I think Josh Downs probably get the edge just cause he's a junior He's done it at a little bit higher level. So I don't know, man. It, it's it's one of those things where, especially in fantasy, like is he ever going to be a wide receiver one? You know what I mean? Like on a team, is he ever going to play that role? Is he going to be more like a two or a three? The guy that I that I thought of when I was watching him, and this is, again, this is not a bad thing because this guy just got paid pretty well, is Deontay Hardy from the Saints. Super explosive guy, um, but certainly just kind of limited to a certain role on an offense where, you know, not necessarily a high volume guy, not necessarily a number one. Um, so that's my concern. And I maybe just am coming at this from like more of a fantasy point of view than an actual football point of view. Like I'm just probably going to be lower on this guy in dynasty drafts just purely because he's so small and he would be such an outlier in the NFL. Yeah. I fully agree with that. The, the role thing is a, is a big deal, right? Especially if you're a team trying to put a proper valuation on a player and, and come up with a round grade, it's like, well, realistically, what is the what is the ceiling for him in our in our offense? Yeah, then you talk about how to maximize him, and it's like, oh, well, he probably needs to be on a team that has a good one and has a good two, so he can work in the middle of the field freely because that's where he's really going to thrive. Yep. And then, but but then you start thinking about that, and you're like, well, if they already have good receivers, then again, we're back to he's probably never going to get there as a as a one or a two. So, I, I do think that kind of probably limits his outlook quite a bit. I also had cons- uh, issues with his hands and his consistency. Yep. Consistency there, a lot of weird sporadic drop issues. Yeah, which is, I thought, is, same, same at, deal. But yeah, for for like a little guy, I felt like he was really good on contested catch situations. But the easy stuff, he doesn't always follow through with. Right, I think, and he had a couple of fumbles. I believe that was sort of an issue for him. Um, so, like the ball security and just overall consistently catching the football. Maybe that has something to do with his hand size. I don't know, but I agree with you. Like he he showed some ability to kind of like go up high and catch passes in contested contested catch situations. Yep. Um, but but yeah, and I think you know just in that offense, watching him, some of that coverage, <laughs> yeah, some of the coverage against Houston was just like, good God, you're never going to see this in in the NFL. So that was like a little bit of a concern for me, just because he would like literally just do like an easy double move and run past a guy so easily. Um, yep. You know, part of that, of course, is his, 
really good acceleration. And, and he was, I thought he did a good job of like selling routes and basically, you know, he would like build up to it. So he would run like a couple stop routes early in the game, come back. And he's really good at creating separation. It reminded me a little bit of Tutu Atwell. Just teams are playing so far off of you. You can have that easy win, comeback route, hook route or whatever. Um, and then they would mix in double moves and he would be able to get over the top of the defense. So like, obviously, you know, I don't, again, I don't hate the guy. I think he's got a ton of explosiveness um, as an athlete. And he's dangerous on the double move and he you know, can get deep and all that. But um, I just don't know if I see him as like a high volume guy, or at least he would be an outlier if he ends up being that type of guy. True. Yeah. So I'm trying to think, uh, well, you and I got to, we got to watch him pretty up close and personal down in mobile actually. Yeah. And one thing that stuck out. So like those one-on-one drills are designed for the tank Dells of the world to crush. Yeah. yeah. Even though he did crush those drills, what you see is a lot of, feet chopping and I yep. would say wasted movements in his route and his releases. Yep. Mm-hmm. The reality is in the NFL, he's one going to get hands on him quickly. And two, he's not going to have that much time to juke somebody out. Right. So, you know, it, some of his route running skills, while, while it can be impressive, I do think it's a little bit of fool's gold there. So, yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah. He, he was a, a foot chopper, you know, at the line of scrimmage or at the top of his stem. Um, you know, that, that type of thing. And that's actually a good contrast because of that, going back to A.T. Perry, like I felt like he didn't waste very much movement. He was just sort of like, you know, make one juke and run past a guy. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, there's a lot of ways to win in the NFL, but I, I do worry that that doesn't translate necessarily um, play to play. Agreed. All right, let's jump into your team player fit. I happen to love this. Oklahoma yeah. wide receiver Marvin Mims. And we are triple dipping the wide receivers here. Yeah. Love. Um, love. I'm in fantasy mode. I'm in dynasty mode. Dynasty drafts are starting. So um, maybe Mm. that's like on the front of my mind. But yeah, I think Mims is like he's the discount or whatever, however you want to say it, because he's probably not going to be, you know, a first or second rounder, at least based on what I've heard and what what sort of like the buzz is. But he's like a discount version of like a Jalen Hyatt or or one of these, um, you know, the smaller top guys like Addison or whoever that's going to go in the first round. he's a really good deep threat. And so I paired him up with the chargers. I think if the chargers end up going in a different direction early in the draft, a lot of people are connecting the chargers with like a Jalen Hyatt. And I think that makes sense from a, you know, what they need in their offense. They just need some juice. They need a guy that can take the top off of defense. And Mims is, uh, I don't, uh, he's kind of like AT Perry. I'm not really sure why he's not getting more hype. Like he's an early declare. He's got a ton of production. Um, he didn't have a ton of touchdowns, but he went over a thousand yards in this last season um, going back. And this is, uh, this is probably not something that super matters, but like it kind of like does like move the needle a little bit for me. Like he was an absolutely bonkers high school player. Like he went as he had like the, the most insane stats in high school. He had 32 touchdowns as a senior. Um, you know, he's, he's like this legendary seat, like high school player or whatever. And so um, Mr. Mr. T- Mr. Texas football, like give me a break in Texas when you're doing that. Like to me, that means something. So um you know, he, he's just kind of a baller in my mind. And he has, uh, you know, similar to what I was just saying with like no wasted movement. To me, he just he can put one foot in the ground and get upfield so fast. He has instant acceleration and he pairs that with kind of long strides um, where he will like he basically just chews up the cushion for a corner and seems to like really surprise guys. And again, this is like, you know, Big 12 corners have a reputation for sure. Um, but the way that he's able to like over overtake guys and surprise them with his speed. 
I think that is something that is, is, you know, perfect fit for what the chargers are looking for. Um, you know, and so he's a guy who I think would make that schematic fit. And I think he's probably going to outplay what people are kind of expecting for him right now. I think he's a really good player. Yeah. I don't disagree with anything you just said. I also like, there's a legit rack element to his game as well. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You get the guy in space. He, he can make anything happen. The, the thing that like, I'm really curious with him is I feel like there's a lot of developmental upside and a lot of people are taking this as a negative where I'm actually putting this as a strength. We're like the Oklahoma offense was pretty limiting in the route tree. He was actually running. Yeah. You're going to have to learn a more NFL centric route tree, which, which is that that's going to be a developmental curve, but at the same time, he's only going to get better. Those tools as a route runner are going to come as well. Like you said, right now he can, he can basically take guys off the dribble, so to speak, where yeah, it's I like that. No, and he wins but man he once he starts mixing in tempo changes and and you know really really cool veteran type tricks i think he's he's gonna get even better as a route runner and the separation just it, it pops off the tape it's kind of crazy his yeah. production deep throws was ridiculous his production on what on deep throws on deep throws is ridiculous i mean it's yeah it, it really is crazy he averaged 20 yards per reception in 2022 17 a dot per pff and then 8.1 yards after the catch per catch uh, per reception at P- per PFF. And so, yeah, he has that um, that yard after the catch ability. And I like what you said, take a guy off the dribble. I think that's like the perfect analogy. <laughs> um, just kind of like, again, no wasted movement, just like one juke and go. And he just yep. blows by guys. And he really seems to surprise them how fast he is. Um, you know, he's got a little bit of wiggle to him. And so the other thing I think he's good at the catch point, he, he shows good concentration at the catch point, like see a ball in when there's traffic around him. Um, you know, he got, he has a good feel for separating late when, when he's got some tight coverage on him, like he'll like do a little shove off or push off at the very last second to get some separation. Um, they use him on sweeps and screens, which I think, you know, again, goes to the ability to pick up yards after the catch. So, and, and when we're talking about a developmental guy, I think it is important that, and this is, the, the Jalen Hyatt factor. This is like why, why I compared Jalen Hyatt to DK Metcalf. Like he can early on in his career, play a role where he's a deep threat. Mm-hmm. He's a guy that can beat a guy off the line, you know, threaten the defense deep, give, bring a little gravity to him in, in the offense. And that can be his foundation. And then as you go, you learn a little bit more about route running. You can expand your route tree, expand your role in the offense. I think it's harder for guys. And this is going back to the tank Dell thing. This is It's harder for guys who, don't have that element in their game early on in their career to get on the field and be like a consistent contributor in offense. Because I mean, anybody can do the short and intermediate stuff and and like they can kind of get by with that. But like, if you can play an actual role where you're like running deep routes, you're lining up on the outside and running deep. um, I think that just gives you a better chance to like contribute early on than if you're uh, like a really short guy or like just, you know, typecast as like a slot receiver. The guy that I'm thinking of, you know, right in my mind because i'm a seahawks fan is like Deon, uh Dwayne eskridge who mm-hmm. you know obviously ton of production ton of speed really shifty like i was kind of excited um i talked I, I hated the pick at the time when the seahawks made it in the second round um and then i kind of talked myself into it because they don't have any guys who can run with like yards after the catch but he can't get on the field because he's just so raw in almost every route in in, in every way and he's not like a great deep threat and so mm-hmm. they just don't have a use for him. You know what I mean? And so I, I don't know. It's That's just like the thing that's coming to my mind is at least Mims can get on the field and play a very specific role early on in his career, as we saw with DK Metcalf. And then they sort of teach him everything else as they go along. 
Yeah, I agree. I, I kind of see Mims as a what I call a free yards candidate. I actually you keep you keep mentioning Metcalf. I was notorious, I think, on Scott Barrett's podcast the year Metcalf was coming out, or maybe it was after his first year. I said there's no reason DK Metcalf shouldn't have 100 yards in every single game. Yeah. And Scott laughed. He's like, that's insane. Why? And I, I explained just the concept of free yards where DK Metcalf is almost never going to see someone up in his face playing press because if, if he wins, you're screwed. Right. So because of that, he gets cushion, lots of cushion. He has those built-in hitches and those out routes where they should be able to pick up first downs at will with him. I see Mims as in a similar way where – NFL defenses are going to be scared of him, scared of that deep speed, scared of that ball tracking ability. And they are going to give him cushion when he's on the outside. And he's going to have, and he's got ability to decelerate better than Metcalf does even. So Mm -hmm. built in yards like crazy. He should be able to hit those hitches and outs and and go balls right away to start his career. So like you said, a lot of free yards to be had with him. I, I really love it. I don't even think, have we ever seen him run a double move? Trying to think off the top of my head. I don't know. So, I mean, I'd love to see him on a double move. Like, what? Yeah, he, what yeah. He I think I saw. I, I'm just trying to remember off the top of my head, but I remember one play where he kind of like fake stock blocked a guy, and then like, like you said, took him off the dribble and just like went deep, sort of like a sluggo almost. But like, um, but yeah, I, I think he has that absolutely in his bag. You know, he's that instant acceleration um, mixed with the long strides. He just like eats up ground so fast. Yes, I agree. So we didn't really get to it specifically, but his fit with the Chargers is exceptional. They've needed the juice, so to speak, for a while. Yeah. Been mo- and every mock I've done, I've been, you know, Jalen Hyatt or Zay Flowers or something of that nature. But t- I did Tyler Scott in the second round in one mock draft to them. Yep. Yeah. And, and need to see them get one of these guys, though, that can fly. Um, Absolutely. It would, it would help Keenan. It would help Mike. And it, we need to see what Herbert can actually do with that arm. So. Absolutely. We were talking about this on uh, the Ringer NFL Draft Show. The one, this is like a silver lining, not necessarily a benefit of like if they end up moving on from Eckler because Eckler has asked for a trade. I don't know if it's actually going to come to anything. He might not. You know, he's just probably trying to use some leverage here. But, um, you know, if they do move on from Eckler, like Eckler is such a good safety valve underneath. It's almost like a negative for Herbert. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's almost like, well, we'd rather have you just like not have that in your bag. So you should push it downfield, get a little more aggressive because in that offense last, last season, especially like they were just, you know, his a dot dropped. He was just too, too, con- it was just too convenient. I think sometimes to like drop off and, and, and pass underneath. And so, um, yeah, if they, if they can get a little bit more vertical in this offense, a little more aggressive, um, really stress defenses deep that could like change the whole complexion of their offense. For sure. Hopefully some addition via subtraction there with moving on from Joe Lombardi. But yeah, no doubt. No doubt. We shall see. All right, Danny, that is going to do it. Thank you so much for being on the show. Tell the people one more time where they can find your work. Uh, Danny B. Kelly on Twitter. And then you can check out my big board and mock drafts at NFLDraft.TheRinger.com or just go to TheRinger.com and, and it's up there on the main page usually. Awesome. Thanks again, Danny. We I will be back Monday with another guest. Thank you so much for listening. We are out. Thanks for tuning in to this edition of the Fantasy Points Podcast. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite platform. And come join the roster at FantasyPoints.com. 